When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Yes, indeed. Hello, everyone. I'm John Lund alongside Al Renato, a.k.a. as New York sports radio fans know him, the great Al from White Plains. And this is New Report, Old Report, here on Wednesday, September 4th from 8 to 9 Eastern Time, live on Sports Radio America. If you missed the live show, you can catch the replay all week, also at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or find the show as bonus content by searching for The Bridge Sports Podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, as well as at LondonBridge.com. If you want to interact with the show, you can text in a question, comment, or complaint to 929-274-3437, or if you're brave enough, leave a voicemail with the same, and we'll play back what you have to say on air. Again, that's 929-274-3437. This week, the National Football League beckons. We'll give our favorites in each division and crown the next Super Bowl champ. Check your sources. We're off. Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? We don't know. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. Football is back in our lives for the next, I don't even know how many weeks, but people are excited about that aspect of football as college football kicked things off this last weekend. The NFL will kick things off this weekend. People that enjoy the pigskin are as excited as they can be, and there's already storylines to follow in college football, predictions to follow in the NFL, as every team has a chance to win the Super Bowl, except maybe, say, the Miami Dolphins, who are just giving away their players to anybody that comes to the fire sale. Who do you want? You want a defensive back? You want a wide receiver? We'll give you everybody, and we'll throw Ryan Fitzpatrick out there and hope that he can have some fist magic to get us three wins. So they're maybe not in the running for the Super Bowl, but every other team can say they are. One team that hopes to be in the running for the Super Bowl has an interesting connection with another team in the NFL whose fans are waiting for said team to give them the players all three of them, that they hope to build a Super Bowl contending team around. And to this point, one of them hasn't said yay or nay to if he wants to play this season for the Dallas Cowboys. The Rams paid Jared Goff, Al, $134 million, 110 guaranteed over four years. He's their guy. He's their quarterback. He's extended the weight of Los Angeles rests on the back of Jared Goff. I don't really know how to feel about that. If I was a Rams fan, I don't think I would be incredibly excited. Maybe just based off a pretty horrendous Super Bowl from Jared Goff, if we say so ourselves. But if he's surrounded by good enough offensive players, that Rams defense, you hope that'll be enough to carry them. But the connection here is now... Two Cowboys players can look at the Rams and say, hey, Jerry, why don't you take a look at what Jared Goff just made, if you're Dak Prescott. And if you're Zeke Elliott, hey, Jerry, 
Why don't you take a look at what Todd Gurley's making? What a kick in the mouth the Rams have subtly given the Cowboys, signing their two stars right before the Cowboys do. Sometimes, I guess, it would pay to pay your players before star teams. So that's where we stand in the NFL as the big headline is, hey, what's going to happen with Zeke? We still don't know. Well, John, first of all, I hope everybody out there had a great Labor Day. That's number one. As we wind down uh, the final days of summer, kids back in school, and we get ready to kick off the NFL Thursday night uh, with the oldest rivalry in the sport, Packers and, uh, and Bears. Uh, but this signing to me is, you know, a statement by the Rams uh, that, as you said, this is our guy, and these guys are just few and far between. It's as simple as that, that there's, you know, 32 of these jobs, 32. And where does he fall in that group? You know, in, in my mind, you know, in the top half, uh, clearly. And many, I think, hi- think higher than that. He had a brutal Super Bowl. Uh, he didn't have a very good championship game you know, against the Saints, but he did enough to win. He didn't have his best weapon. He's lost a couple of his weapons, of his receivers. So let's keep that in mind, too. So Jared Goff was a guy everybody loved when they were hitting all eight cylinders. And when they lost some people and struggled a little bit and lost the Super Bowl with an incredibly uninspiring offensive performance, Jared Goff became, <laughs> is it Jared Goff? You're going to pay him that kind of money? But that's the going rate for a quarterback uh, of his skill set at his age at this time frame in this league and Dak Prescott is next, you know, to get his 30 plus million. Uh, do I think it's a lot? Absolutely. Do I think it's, it's a reach? Probably not because you see what happens to these teams that are without the quarterbacks, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the ever struggling Miami Dolphins, you know, whether it's your team, the Denver Broncos who haven't had one now for years and we'll see what Joe Flacco can do. If you can go from a playoff team to a bottom of the barrel team, if if you don't have one that can perform well consistently, you know Blake Bortles has a decent year; they're on the verge of going to the Super Bowl. Blake Bortles has a hideous year; they have a hideous season, and it's by way of Blake Bortles. You know when they finally gave up on him, you've got to have consistency at that position. He provides consistency. He's young. He's healthy. He's a multi, 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 multi millionaire as a result. I think it's going to be a long season in Miami. I think it's going to be a long season, you know, for the Raiders. Uh, I think it's going to be a long season for the Lions. I think it's going to be a long season for the Bucks. I think it's going to be a long season for the Titans. Uh, a lot of people don't think that, but I do. I think it's going to be a long season for the Bengals. Uh, so I, I think we've got a handful of franchises, contrary to what you said earlier, when anybody can win except the Dolphins. I think there's quite a few more teams than the Dolphins who have no shot of winning it. But we'll talk about that as we outline our playoff predictions and, and who we think are uh, are bound for the postseason, as well as who we think might be the most disappointing teams. Is there anything that's really surprised you uh, in the preseason so far in terms of personnel moves, whether it be quarterback decisions or some of the trades that we just alluded to? I mean, we leave the Raider wide receiver out there by himself because that's where he belongs because nothing he does surprises us uh but you know the raiders continue to bring in quarterbacks 
uh, you know, four at last count. Uh, so I, I just, I'm trying to get a handle on what John Gruden is doing, and I haven't figured it out yet. So You're not watching Hard Knocks every Tuesday night? Tuned in? No? <laughs> not a Hard Knocks fan, huh? That's, that's all right. That's- I, I, just, I just, when I've watched it, there's just, reality shows for me are never reality because I don't think you can ever be real when you know the camera's watching. I've always said that. I said that from the first year of Hard Knocks when I went on stage and, and at the WFAN uh, contest, the first fantasy phenom, when I was asked that question by Anita Marks, what I thought of uh, Hard Knocks, and I said I thought it was a crock because I don't consider anything reality if the camera's watching because you can't be real. Nobody can be real when the camera's watching. And that's pretty much what I've held to throughout. I just I, I don't see how anybody can be themselves. Uh, when the camera's watching, they're ever moving. They know the camera's watching. But that's one man's opinion. I know I'm in the minority. A lot of people enjoy it. Let me ask you about a team that everybody is, for the most part, on board for the postseason. Everybody's uh, love affair team, the woebegotten, formerly woebegotten, and now uh, everybody's favorite new toy, Cleveland Browns. With my favorite young quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who's got the swag, who's got the skill, and their first-class diva wide receiver, all their weapons that they have around him, Landry, uh, the running backs, big-time players on defense, although not that deep, but very strong and skilled, in a very tough division, except, of course, for the Bengals. Give me your assessment of the Cleveland Browns. Well, I'll give you... I'll give you two answers here. Let me go back to what surprised me most recently, which I guess is included in the preseason since the regular season hasn't started yet, is I don't think it was the best move just based on what was acquired and then what ended up being given away when the Texans let go of Javion Clowney, sending him to Seattle, giving up, or I should say not getting back the load that you would have thought you would, at least for his name, and then bringing in Tunsil from the Dolphins, as we mentioned, and giving up a lot for that. And it seems like without there being a GM to make sure every T is crossed and I dotted, if you're Bill O'Brien and you've kind of been rumbling on the hot seat for the last couple seasons with Deshaun Watson ending, coming close to ending his rookie deal. I mean, you're in win now mode. It doesn't really matter what's going to happen two, three years down the line. So draft picks, Hey, I mean, take what you want. Give us guys that might have crappy contracts. We'll give you whatever. Let's win now, which in a sense is good because again, that contract's going to come up. Deshaun Watson's going to get paid and they're going to have to deal with that. But kind of just having free reign on it, I don't know if that'll bite them in the next couple seasons. Time will tell, obviously, but it, it seems like he's just able to to open up the the locks and open the safe and whatever's in there, have at it. You know, come on in and take what you want. Let's win this year, and, and we'll worry about next year when that comes. I'm just trying to get a contract extension and save my job. So, again, we're not going to know until drafts come and go whether or not this ended up being something that'll be a demise of sorts. But on paper, and based on the fans obviously loving Clowney, it's, it's interesting that they were going in that direction. I would say for the Browns, they're a show-me-something. Prove it. 
And that's what's great about the National Football League is you can be stars on hard knocks. There's been plenty of years where that show in general has given teams huge hype coming into the season. And we saw that with the Browns last year. Here they come, Baker Mayfield and company. Now we've got Odell. We've got Landry coming back. We've got weapons on defense. Here we are. Well, unfortunately for the Browns, Ben Roethlisberger was not the quarterback in the NFL that made the world go up and smoke in his retirement. The Steelers are still going to be around. Even without Antonio Brown, they're going to be a force to be working with. And as you're hoping for, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens aren't going to be an easy out, no matter if you're playing them at home or away. So that's, they're, they're not even going to have an easy path within their own division to make things easy for Baker Mayfield in this show-me-something year. Let's stay with that division. Uh, I happen to think, now part of this is, I'm sure, subjectivity. Uh, I think the Ravens are clearly the best team in the division uh, on both sides of the ball overall. They've got, as we all know, a tremendous defense. Yes, they lost uh, a couple key players, most notably their terrific linebacker, uh, C.J. Mosley, to free agency you know, via the, the, the Jets signing to a huge deal. But they brought in Earl Thomas to replace Weddle. That's an upgrade. They have a deep, deep secondary. Uh, they have depth and athleticism at the line and linebacker positions. Uh, they've got tremendous special teams with the best kicker in the game, maybe the best kicker I've ever seen. Quite frankly, at this stage of his career, it might be deserved uh, of that label because he's not in the second or third year anymore. He does it year in, year out with uncanny accuracy on all surfaces, in all environments, from distance, from literally everywhere. They've got a tremendous running game. Three deep at tight end, tremendous blocking there. They brought in the weapons uh, offensively uh, for the young quarterback to throw to in the number one pick out of Oklahoma, uh, Marquise Brown, who had a very sketchy preseason. I do like the other kid out of Notre Dame, Miles Boykin. He's got a lot of speed, big, strong, dropped a few in preseason, but I think he's got a chance to be a, uh, a good addition for them because they had to add weapons because they could not get the ball down the field. And, you know, they've got a strong running game. Pittsburgh is the team I see here as the odd team out, and I am in the distinct minority. Everybody loves the Steelers in a bounce-back season because of the addition by subtraction of their diva wide receiver. A bounce-back year for Ben Roethlisberger. Well, I don't get from the point of view that I don't see Ben Roethlisberger getting any younger. I know they drafted a tremendous linebacker in, their, in the first round who they think is going to recharge their defense. But this has not been a very good defense the past few years. Not very good at all. And uh, is their running back who did such a great job uh, replacing uh, the now departed superstar who sat it all last year uh, with the Jets is he a one-year wonder? Or is he going to have, is going to go out there on the same kind of year he had last year? You never know off of one season. I see the the Steelers as the third team in this division in terms of talent, in terms of the overall ability on both sides of the ball. Talent-wise, 
you know, I, I don't see that much on defense. Uh, there's always talent on offense with Roethlisberger, and nobody breeds wide receivers like the Steelers do. Uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is now the number one guy. How will he adapt to that? I think he'll be fine. Uh, and they bring in the kid from Oklahoma State, who got off to a good start last year, who I think is going to be very good. So uh, the weapons will be there for Big Ben, but I don't see Big Ben being what Big Ben wants. He's making a lot more mistakes. He's making a lot more questionable throws. He is fourth balls. He's been sloppy with the football in terms of uh, you know turnovers, not just throwing interceptions, but hanging on to the football. He's got to do a better job this year. And, you know, I think he has to be, you know, more of a leader where, you know, he's been accused of being a me, me, me guy. And I'm not saying he is, but that's what he's been accused of by some of his star teammates. So whether it's Le'Veon Bell, uh, who's been replaced already, uh, or you know, downtown Brown, who is you know, now gone, the question becomes, are they going to be able to provide the big plays on offense that we're accustomed to seeing with both of those weapons now totally gone. Are they going to be able to outscore their opponents? Because I still don't think their defense is very good. So uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see how they're going to get off uh, with the season you know, opener and early on in the season, if they're going to come out flying or if they're going to come out uh, struggling out of the game. Ravens open in Miami. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick probably hasn't seen a defense like that in a while. They're going to be swarming. And, uh, you know, the Browns, you know, you're easy to love when nobody expects anything. As you said, now that people expect something, what are they going to do? Remember the year the Browns had their terrific comeback season with Derek Anderson, a quarterback, and Braylon Edwards, the star wide receiver. And they just fell short of the playoffs because in the last game of the season, they spit the bit and lost a game that would have put them in the playoffs. And the next year, they put them on Monday Night Football three times. And they were awful. And that was the beginning of the end, uh, as we know it, for the Cleveland Browns, the new Cleveland Browns. And they were woeful absolutely hideous from that point on until Baker Mayfield got under center. So now Baker Mayfield's under center from snap one with weapons galore and first round picks on defense as far as the eye can see in a very tough division. This is a team that everybody loves. They're being picked to go to the postseason. They're being picked by some people to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, Vegas, however, has them at what? Eight and a half? I think so. Something around so that. So Vegas is a little more conservative, uh, which is usually the case anyway. I like the Browns. I think they're going to be in the mix for the division. I think it's going to be a very, very tight race, a very tight three-team race. But when the dust settles in this division, I like the Ravens to win the division. I like the Browns to get a wild card. And the Steelers to finish out of the mix at probably 500 or maybe even nine and seven, but I don't think that will be good enough. Yeah, I could see that, and I would 
I would give the edge if I had to put money down that it would be, come down to the Ravens and the Browns, and I'll just go slightly to the Browns just because we haven't really seen what Lamar Jackson's capable of yet, and I, I think he's capable of a lot. So it's going to be a great race. And I think the interesting thing for the Browns is it's going to go more toward the extreme in either circumstance of this. If they're successful early and in the middle of the season, winning games, getting the fan base behind them, that's going to be a fun football team, Al. They're going to be on TV. They've got cocky players, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Javaris Landry, cocky defenses, Miles Garrett. I mean, they're going to have fun if they're winning, and they're going to make us hate them. And they're going to be fine being the villains of the National Football League. Baker Mayfield's been a villain for most of his, his career in front of the cameras. So that's not something that he's going to have to worry about. But if it's the other way and they start losing football games and the season's going down the drain and it's a couple picks from Mayfield chirping about whoever their backup is, throw him in the mix. Odell's not getting enough touches. Landry's not getting enough touches. The defense isn't doing this job. They're chirping in the media. That season can go down the tubes fast. And in the public eye, it can go down the tubes fast. And that's got to be your fear if you're a Browns fan. If this isn't working out, I don't think this is a team that can have a closed-door meeting, regroup itself, and come back stronger than before and make a run at the postseason. I think it goes the other direction where it's just chaos. And everybody's jumping at each other's necks, and the, and the season quickly is a downward spiral because nobody has each other's back, and everybody's trying to get theirs. That, that's got to be your biggest fear if you're a Browns fan. This starts going south. Who's going to be able to? Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report, here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. To me, this is about guys wanting to win and realizing the most important thing for the team at the end of the day is when you look at the scoreboard and see now who's got the most catches, now who's got the most yards, now who's scored the most points for his fantasy team. But the, at the end of the day, the scoreboard in Cleveland Municipal Stadium has the Browns have more points than whoever they're playing. So I think they're going to buy in. Uh, and if they don't, then, as you said, it will be a long season because it's not about the gaudy numbers. It's about the gaudy results. So it, it, it's not about, you know, leading the league in receptions or yards per catch or touchdowns. It's about leading the league, or at least the division, in wins. And I think they're going to have a solid season. If that number was eight and a half, I'd take it over. Uh, if it's nine and a half, I'd probably take it under. But I think they're going to be around nine, ten wins, and I think they're going to find a way to get themselves into uh, one of the wild cards because I don't think anybody's coming from the East besides, obviously, the defending champs. Uh, I think Buffalo is on the come, as are the Jets, but still, to me, that's a one-team division. The South is the most curious division to me because I simply – haven't got a clue with the retirement of Andrew Luck, what's going to happen in that division. Uh, so let's go there for a second, since we talked about the central or the, the North, 
what are your thoughts on the South now that Luck has retired? Do you have a favorite? Yeah, I think we can, as you said, we'll assume the Pats in the East and we'll assume the Chiefs in the West, though that'll be a little bit more competitive than the East, but I still think that's Kansas City's to lose. I, I don't think Phillip Rivers is going to have too much of a resurgence. He's kind of in a big bend boat where it's there's not going to be a huge spike in numbers. You kind of know what you're going to get, and if, if the Chiefs are anything close to what they were last year, they're going to run away, you would think, with the division. With Andrew Luck's retirement, man, it, it just threw everything up into the air, at least for two teams. Because I, I think it was going to come down to the Texans and Colts regardless. No offense to the Titans and Jaguars. But now with Andrew Luck retiring, where I would have leaned there, I think that shifts more toward a lean to the Texans if they stay healthy. Just because the quarterback has a little bit more potential, I think, with the offense that he has. We don't really know what we're going to get from a full season of Jacoby Brissett if he remains the quarterback for the full season. The Colts are much improved offensively, and they've got a decent defense. They're going to be a hard out at home, and they're going to be a hard out early in the season because fans should still have the same aspirations that they did with Andrew Luck as their quarterback with a nothing-nothing record at their feet. The question is with the Texans, we've had high expectations for them since Deshaun Watson came in the league, certainly, but when they had J.J. Watt come aboard and, and be the star that he is, it was like, oh, maybe he'll be able to lead them to something. Well, we haven't seen that yet, and we don't know if we'll see it this year. But if I had to lean somewhere, I think I would go with Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson, I should say, staying healthy through the season, having Many games behind him now with a great offense. That defense, you hope, can, can be close to what a Texans defense should be. And I think they'll edge out the Colts in that regard. Just I'm giving the edge on the quarterback position, I guess, early on here. Do you even involve the Titans in the discussion? Eh. <laughs> I mean, early reports have been that the Titans have been dismal. <laughs> at practice, in the preseason. I mean, they would be a huge surprise to be able to, to match those two teams, even with maybe this will be the year with our court. I mean, I, I just think it's going to be a, a horrendous season that, that's just going to slowly and slowly get worse. And worse. I, I just, I've never bought into Marcus Mariota. I'm not buying into Marcus Mariota now. I think they've got a huge problem at the quarterback position. I don't think he's a winning NFL quarterback. Great kid, wonderful guy, great role model. I, I just, you know, to me, he's a uh, lower, I don't say bottom of the barrel, but clearly a lower echelon NFL quarterback. Uh, with respect to Jacksonville, to me, they're the wild card here. As wild as the Colts are because of luck retiring and still probably having the deepest team on both sides of the ball, uh, what do we make of Jacksonville with that tremendous defense that was still, I believe, clearly a top 10, maybe even a top five defense last year, despite the fact they were probably on the field the entire game. Blake Bortles is finally gone. Can Nick Foles 
be enough of a difference maker for this offense where they can compete one for the division and if by chance they get 10 wins, one of the wild cards? Unfortunately for Nick Foles, I don't think so, especially with having to perform for a full season. And, and he was absolutely magnificent when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and he'll have that for the rest of his career. He should have retired after that year. You're never going to have a better, however many it was games, four or five games, and that moment in your lifetime. You can eat for free and drink for free in Philadelphia for the rest of your days, as will your children and children's children, for getting them that much but remember, he, Super he did have, for a couple years before that, a brilliant entire season. He did, and he is in the record books next to guys like, oh, I don't know, Peyton Manning for some of the records that he set that year. I don't know if, if it's still smoke and mirrors with Nick Foles. For me, he hasn't really, and, and it's hard to say this because just look at what he's done on paper, but he hasn't done anything to me that's going to be like, oh, he's going to lead the Jaguars to the so you, So you like Houston in that division. I would, I would and, say Houston and, I, and, and I am, Colts I am Jags. Gonna, I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm going to go with Frank Reich and the overall personnel versus um, a coach that I can't stand in Bill O'Brien and a really good quarterback who I like a lot, but since they continually underachieve and I'm always worried about the quarterback's health, I'm going to take the Colts. You know, so we've it, got the Colts out of the South Yeah, for me. Right. You've got Houston. Yes. We agree that it's a one horse race in the East. Do you give either of the coming teams, the Bills or the Jets, uh, a chance for one of the wild cards. I don't. Eight and eight possible? Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Yeah, the Bills' first half of the season is pretty, if you take a look at their schedule, the Bills' first half is, is, is pretty mediocre, to say the least. To say the least. So, uh, not even mediocre, pretty poor. Yeah. Uh, they could, if you look at their schedule, they got a chance to start the season maybe four and one. So, um, but I agree. So that takes us, uh, we, we pretty much put the Chiefs in as a foregone conclusion in the West. Now, San Diego, wild card hunt. No doubt in my mind that they're in the mix. Yeah, I, I would say I agree with that too. Especially after last year. Not to say that they surprised people, but they, they stayed above average for the entire season. They were a very good football team, and they're bringing back most of that cast. So I would say so as well. Melvin Gordon or not, whether he decides to sit out the entire season or whether they sign him last minute, I think that's, that's not going to be the piece that's going to make or break the season. If the wide receivers stay healthy, especially Keenan Allen and Phillip Rivers' arm doesn't fall off when he has to throw the ball 55 times a game sometimes to keep things close, I, I think they'll be in the running for it. I agree. Okay, so the only place we differ on the division winners is in the South. Give me your two... AFC wildcard winners. I will go Chargers. I wish I could say the Broncos, but uh, you know how that goes. And for argument's sake, to make things a little interesting, I'll say the Steelers. 
I am going to go shot the four division winners that we talked about for me, uh, Pats, Ravens, Colts, Chiefs. My two wild card participants are the Chargers and the Cleveland Browns. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. To the NFC, we go. Where it is muddled, uh, competitive in the east, certainly in the central, in the in the north. The south could be very competitive or it could be a complete one-horse race. And then you have uh, this defending conference champs in the West. Uh, let's start out there. Um, I'm sure we both like the Rams. Uh, certainly is the favorite in the division. Uh, a lot of people like San Francisco to be an up-and-coming team with Jimmy G. Your thoughts on, on that possibility? That's another show-me-something scenario, right? They definitely have decent pieces on that offense that could be successful if Jimmy Garoppolo proves to be worth five years for, what, $125 million, whatever the number ended up being. He has the potential from what we saw in those five or six games to be a great quarterback. But now that people have the film, now that he's got an injury to come back from, I don't know if the 49ers are going to be able to start out hot. It might be a team that he's battling the injuries, as we mentioned, now that they've seen that team. First five, six games, you're still getting your feet under you, and by that time, you might be out of the race. If that were to uh-huh. happen, I mean, that, that's kind of it for the season, and you, and you wait till next year. So they, I think, have to start out hot, and the, the odds are against them for that. I think they can be great down the stretch, but by that time, it might not be in the cards. The Cardinals intriguing, obviously, just to watch Jamal Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and see how that works out. But obviously, I don't think either one of us give them a chance to compete uh, for anything even close to even being 500. So we'll put them on the back burner. Now, as always, one of the more interesting teams in not just the division uh, or the the conference, but the league is, as always, anybody uh, who Pete Carroll is in charge of. Your thoughts on Seattle and I think the most underrated, terrific quarterback. Uh, to me, he's clearly top five. Uh, the great Russell Wilson. They've added, obviously, the big-time defender in making the trade for Clowney. So Pete's got another piece for his defense, which he loves to have. So uh, give me your thoughts on Seattle uh, as a competitor for the Rams in the division and in the wild card. The Legion of Boom is sadly dead, but the defense still breathes on. The 12th man still roars loud. I think this year we're going to see the Seattle offense be a little bit more above average than it might have been in years past. They're really trying to strengthen that offensive line so Russell Wilson doesn't have to run for his life, which we've seen him do for far too many years of his career. Just taking a three-step drop and getting the hell out of there because here come three or four defenders. I think the offense has a little bit more responsibility this year than in years past, but I think Russell Wilson would be thrilled to hear that. Give me the ball and let me go out there and do my thing. So I think they're either taking the division or they're getting in there in a wild card. I I do like the Seahawks this year to 
to kind of show the world that may be kind of forgetting about them already and putting them on the back burner, like, hey, we're still here and we're still going to be really good? I think we agree a lot on that division. I like the Rams to win it. I think Seattle's going to be in the hunt, and I like them for one of the wild cards. Let's go to the north. Everyone loves the Bears. Uh, they open against the uh, the Packers in the oldest rivalry in history of the sport. Give me your thoughts on both teams. I don't think Detroit merits any discussion. Um, and you know, Minnesota vastly talented. Uh, I despise their quarterback. So your thoughts in the, uh, in the NFC North? I think best case scenario for the Packers, well, obviously they improve on last year, right? What, what were they, get six wins? With Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, that was kind of a slap in the face to what you would expect them to do. But new head coach, guy that's been around when Matt Ryan was doing his thing at quarterback, he's, he's had his toes in the water for quarterback successes, Hoping to do the same now in Green Bay. I I trust Aaron Rodgers at quarterback more than I trust Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback for the Bears, obviously. But I also have more faith in the Bears' defense than I would Green Bay's. So I think the weight, again, is on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder. As we know, maybe not the best to hold the weight. as <laughs> His collarbone probably still has a couple screws still softening that up in there. I'm going to give the slight edge to the Packers. I, I think maybe maybe 11 wins would be enough wow. to get the division, 10 wins, and, and wow. the, Packers, the Bears maybe come in with nine. So you're tr you're drinking the Packer Kool-Aid. Well, boy, oh, boy. You know, I have a lot Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy lot team. Of I, people, I don't know. A lot of people are loving the Packer comeback and Aaron Rodgers and the young wide receivers and the new coach. Uh, I'm not buying it. And I'm a huge Rodgers fan. I think he is, you know, one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen. He's still one of the best quarterbacks alive. I'm rooting to be wrong. But you, you said show me about a lot of teams. This is a team that's got to show me a lot of things. Yeah, I agree with that. Number one, they got to show me that they can keep the quarterback healthy. Number one, first and foremost, can they protect the quarterback and keep him healthy? Number two, as great as he is, can the quarterback stop trying to do too much? Can the quarterback go back to his winning ways by just going back in the pocket and making plays and throwing the ball instead of turning every play to something he drew in the dirt? He's gotten into a habit of, instead of standing in the pocket, of getting out of there early and trying to make plays. And taking hits. And getting hurt. And right. getting hurt. And he's got to stop doing that. He's not 25, 28, 30 years old anymore. He's got to stand in the pocket, make plays, scramble when there's a play to be made, and stop trying to run around for five minutes. Like he's Russell Wilson, because he's not anymore. He can still make all the throws, but you know he's one hit away, whether it's a collarbone, whether it's a knee. You know, he's, he's getting more and more brittle as days go, you know, as seasons go by. So I think he's got to be more conscious of taking the plays when they're there and getting rid of the ball when they're not. 100%. They, 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 they've got to show me that they can run the football. You know, they have these, 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 these moments where all of a sudden they've discovered a new running back. You know, whether it was the big kid from Alabama, 
you know, we're, but they're all half a season. And then all of a season, all of a sudden that running back gets hurt, gets banged up, and he's, he's nowhere to be found in the playoffs. Now, can they run the football? Can they run the football enough so it's not constant pressure on the Lions? You know, can they shorten games? You know, can they get a first down running the football to, to, you know, to end the game and, and keep the ball out of the hands of the opposing quarterback? Can they do that? Or is, or is Rodgers going to have to throw all the time on third and two? You know, are they going to be in second and three where they run, don't get it, and have to throw on third and two all the time? Or can they run twice on second and third, down on second three and get first downs, you know, to, to put games away? I don't know. And defensively, to me, the biggest question mark at all, can, can they stop? They've been able to stop people for years. For years. It has been They're banged up constantly, constantly. They have half their defense is on, is on injured reserve by, you know, the fourth or fifth game of the season. Are they ever going to stay healthy? Is there a new scheme, new regime in terms of training, you know, to keep them healthier? I, I don't know. I just know that uh, unless I'm going nuts – uh, it just seems to be every year it's the same problem with the Packer defense. One, they're never healthy, and two, they stink. So you've got those the two Bears. things. Those, those two <laughs> things. Those two things have got to change. They've got to change. And the Bears, to me, are, are are the class of the division right now. No, they're not exciting. No, Mitch Trubisky is, is not going to win any MVPs. He is clearly uh, progressing. He's not in the category of, of, of Rodgers, obviously. He's not an upper echelon quarterback, but he has talent. He can make all the throws. Can he eliminate the mistakes, the bad sacks, the bad interceptions, uh, the bad fumbles, you know, when he doesn't throw the ball away or when he doesn't realize, you know, I've got to take my sack and come back on the next play or, you know, uh, a- any series of downs that ends in a kick is, is a good series of downs, whether it's an extra point of field goal or punt. So well, maybe take, not field goal in Chicago. That's, that's a, maybe, year, a, a, a success, a successful, kick. They, right, right. A successful. Kick. Uh, can, can he do that? I don't know. I think, I think the potential is there to do it. So, uh, that to me is really, I think, what, what the determining factor is going to be for the Bears. How good can this quarterback be to go to the next level? Because if the Packers are going to be good, which you think they are, and I think they may struggle to be 500, I'm hoping I'm wrong and you're right. Well, if the Packers are going to be as good as you think they're going to be, then this Bear quarterback really has to make progress to put them in competition for the division because that means nine and seven or 10 and six won't do it. And for them to go uh, better than 10 and six, he's going to have to play really well. Yeah. I, I think he looks out in a sense where just don't do anything stupid, right? This defense is going to keep us in the game. The coach draws up the first, the first drive. They were unbelievable last year, first drives out of the gate. They basically just put their heads down, ran the entire summary of plays for the first drive, score, and then it was a matter of, all right, well, now you're not going to have the coach drawing up the plays the rest of the game. You're going to have to figure some stuff out. So just don't do anything stupid. And I think that's, that's where we're at with the Bears. 
So I can't disagree with you. And the Packers, I'm a little bit optimistic. And I, I think it would behoove them to slide down to the south real quick and bump out these last two to, to do what the Saints have done. Drew Brees' arm isn't as great as it once was. Let's run the football, Al. Let's throw it to these running backs. Let's add that aspect to the offense. And it's made them one of the quickest and most successful offenses in the league and a team that I still give a slight edge to because of that. With Drew Brees and co., a decent defense. They're pissed from last year, deservedly so. Let's get back to that, and we'll see if we don't get that call against us and go to the Super Bowl. You like the Packers. You like the Rams in the West. Yep. You like the Packers in the North with Seattle in one of the wild cards. Yep. And Minnesota... Sure, the Bears, excuse me, competing for one of the wild cards. Let's head south. I think we both like New Orleans to win the division. Is that correct? I agree. Carolina, you know, it's all about the quarterback. We know they have, they can play on the other side of the ball. We know they have a wonderful weapon in McCaffrey. Is Cam Newton healthy for an entire season? And what of the new throwing motion? Uh, to try, try and take some pressure off of that shoulder, uh, you know, and, and can Cam stay out of harm's way? Sixty-four thousand dollar question. If so, I think wild card contender. If not, six and ten. Yeah, the Falcons. The Falcons. The most overrated quarterback in the entire sport, in my mind. Matt Ryan. Yes, he won an MVP. Yes, he went to a Super Bowl. But yes, he had the biggest choke job in the history of all these many Super Bowls. And nothing else has even been close. Tell me what you think of the Atlanta Falcons, their weapons on offense, of which they have a multitude, uh, the Alabama wide receivers that they have that are off the charts, a defense that can never come up big in a big spot. Where do you put the Falcons in the mix with the division, if you do it all? And where do you have them as a wild card possibility? I love their offense, especially for fantasy football purposes. But I don't, I don't even think they get into the playoffs this year because I don't think they win the division, especially if, as you mentioned, if Cam Newton's healthy, I give them the slight edge because for whatever reason, every year, if they're healthy, the Panthers either go like 4-12 and 12 or 12-4. and four. They're consistently inconsistent. What, what year are we on? Is this going to be the good year? Or is this this is the good year. This it's is time the good for the good year. There you go. We're perfect. So it's time for the good the, year. The Falcons are done. That's it. They're not going to get in the wild card, and they're obviously not going to win the division because the Panthers will be all right. That brings us to the NFC East. America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, the Super Bowl champs from two years ago, year prior, Philadelphia Eagles, the New York football Giants, and the Washington Deadskins. Uh, I love the Eagles in this division, but if the Cowboys bring all their people back, I really like the Cowboys to fuck them tooth and nail the whole way and potentially uh, be in clearly in the wildcard hunt as a 10-win team. 
I've said here before, nothing good will come to the Dallas Cowboys while Jerry Jones lives. And I don't mean that in a morbid way. I just mean I don't think he's ever going to rescind the Dallas Cowboys until he unfortunately passes away. He'll take them to his dying day. With him at the helm, nothing good will come of the Cowboys. And by that, I mean a Super Bowl. But dealing with the postseason... I'm still going to give the edge slightly, ever so slightly, to the Eagles. They're somehow flying under the radar throughout all of this because the microscope has been on the Cowboys, which it, it usually is. But the pressure that the Cowboys have now put themselves on with this, especially if Zeke signs this monster deal, Dak wants to get paid, Mari Cooper's looking for money, that defense is should be very elite this year from, from what they've been able to build from the draft and some of the young talent they have. On paper, they should be the best team. I think they're going to they're gonna have that pressure under them. And if, if it's coming down to the last couple weeks, what do the Eagles have to prove? They're, they're, in a sense, playing with house money, if you can believe it, even though they're a couple years removed to the Super Bowl because Wentz was hurt at the end of the season, so he's battling that injury. He seems like he'll be okay. I think the Eagles can can in a sense glide through this season not under the radar and you blink and, and they've got 11 and 12 wins under their belt winning the division or making things extraordinarily hard for the Cowboys where if they get into a wild card game they might be banged up and bruised and battered and that's not going to help them make a long playoff run so slightly the Eagles I'm not counting out the Cowboys for a wild card but I, I all signs are pointing to all these signings going okay and everybody just thinking the Cowboys are going to be fine now that everybody's going to get paid and every, everybody's hunky-dory and then the season's going to take an opposite turn from that and they're, they're going to be 8-8 eight and eight at best. So we agree on the Eagles to win the East, the Saints to win the South, we agree on the Rams to win the West, you've got the Packers winning the North, I've got the Bears winning the North. Wild cards. I'm going with Dallas out of the East, and I'm going with Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks out of the West. I will also take the Seahawks, and I will throw a bone since this is the year at the Panthers. <laughs> and if not the Panthers, if Cam Newton can't throw the football anymore and it's over the Bears. Give me your NFC and AFC finals to take us to the Super Bowl. I will say the Saints. Let's let's get Saints Rams. Let's make things interesting. And you let's, want a rematch. let's get a rematch. And let's say the Chiefs play the Patriots again. Let's do it over. Okay, let's let's I, have the opposite result this time. I am uh, gonna go a little past the, uh, the chalk that you're going with, uh, a little off of that. I am going to go with Kansas City over the Ravens in the AFC because uh, I think they're the two best teams in the AFC. Homer pick, but that's all right. We can that's do that correct. on the show. That's, abso that's absolutely correct. And I am going to go in the NFC with the Eagles over This is tough. This is very tough. I'm going to go with the Eagles over the Saints, who will be the bridesmaids again. Wow. 
and come up short, uh, losing in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. So I'm going to go with an Eagle Chief homecoming for Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. I, and, I haven't, and, I, and I haven't decided who I'm picking <laughs> to win yet because Andy Reid is the coach yeah. of Kansas City. Yeah. Otherwise, I would pick Kansas City. One more for the Gipper. And since the whole world thinks this is the year for the Chiefs based on last season, let's say the Saints do it. Saints over the Chiefs. So you've got the record-setting young quarterback against the record-setting old quarterback. What better way than to have that on the new report, old report? See, it it's all a, comes it's a per, back it's to a perfect, the, It's a perfect fit. Perfect fit. It all comes full circle. That's exactly right. It's, just, it's the circle of life, as is the circle of sports, which is a huge part of it. Next week, week one recap. Week two recap of college football. The six-pack returns, so you can lose your money based on what we have to say. And we'll ride then. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Folks, until next time, for the big man, John Tiny Lund, I am El Renato and Kale from White Plains. Have a great week, everybody. We'll be back next Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening. 